Welcome to Monday Morning Homilist. I'm Father Manny Alvarez. And I'm Jorge Santibanez. Every Monday morning, we dive deeper into the previous Sunday's readings and homilies. And towards the end, we veer off to talk about life and definitely talk a little sports. Enjoy. morning happy monday how we doing i'm good how are you father very good i'm still undefeated on sundays yes you are and we'll get to that in the second half yeah you are (laughs) we had a great weekend well most of us and uh i had a great weekend but uh yeah it's great woke up on a monday morning there was no humidity nice and chilly it's 69 degrees outside people wearing ski boots and i saw somebody (laughs) with two layers of sweaters in the church Oh, that's par for the course for our church and how cold it is. But uh, no, it's just, oh, what a beautiful day outside. We should be recording outside. We should open up all the windows. Yeah. And we get, but we get all the, all the leaf, leaf lower noise. Yeah. It's just, just <laughs> oh, God. Seriously, I keep saying a million dollar idea invent a leaf blower that makes no noise. <laughs> you would be a hero. You would be a hero. So, wedding banquet. Just show up, right? Just show up. No, uh, you know, I was thinking about this over the weekend that we're preaching on wedding banquets and we have, you know, in a place that, that, that celebrates so many weddings in a church that, that hosts and, and uh, celebrates the sacrament of matrimony for so many wonderful couples. And, um, you know, we had three on Saturday alone. And, um, you know, this gospel that we had yesterday, just to give some context, you know, the last three weekends, Jesus is preaching parables and he's doing this after, you know, this is in the Gospel of Matthew, after he has his triumphant entry into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. So the drama and the tension are building. The chief priests and the elders are are questioning Jesus. So he's been a little harsh with them the last three weeks, which is like, okay, I've been wanting the last three weeks to give a nice uh, a nice little, you know, everybody, everybody's good. Everybody, you know, let's, let's comfort the people. Homily. Jesus nah. won't let me. <laughs> <laughs> and and Jorge won't let me, but we'll get to that also. Um, you know, three weeks ago we had, uh, or three Sundays ago we had uh, the, the parable of the two sons. One said, you know, I'll go, yeah, I'll go work in the vineyard, but doesn't go. And the other one says, no, I won't go, but does go. And and Jesus talks about that. Then last week we had uh, the parable of the un- landowner's son. Yeah, the no, the landowner's son, and you know, the unwelcoming servants, the r- wicked servants, if you will, that kill the landowner's son and, you know, and, and toss him out and everything is taken from them. And then today, or yesterday, we had the, the gospel of the wedding banquet where Jesus talks about a king who throws a big wedding banquet, invites everyone, everyone kind of like, eh, I don't care, doesn't go, you know. And then he, the way that the, you know, you look at the violence in the last two weeks and the king's reaction to people not going is murder. It's like, all right, they don't want to come yep. kill them all. Okay, it's uh, I never watched Games of Thrones, but I imagine something that something like would happen on Games of Thrones from what I've heard. Well, there was a wedding scene, uh, a wedding banquet. Yeah, I've that, heard uh, about the red wedding. That yeah. didn't quite go as planned. Uh, <laughs> it, you know, if I was in the Leopard Dark Show, they put her on the pole. Has any any <laughs> wedding ever gone as planned? Okay, I always tell couples that you could plan and plan and plan. Your wedding will not be perfect. It will not go off without a hitch. So does any wedding go as planned? You plan, you plan, you know, and and I'm just thinking. And then life happens. And then life happens, and because there's human beings that are that are at work, it just and the spirit also the spirit happens. You have to let the spirit take take you. I always say that one of the most joyous weddings I ever attended was a wedding where everything went wrong because it was weather related. Yeah. It was in the Keys. It was it's in December. It never rains in the Keys in December. And they had a beautiful tent out by the water, you know, over sand. And it was, and it had a dance floor. And we were there, and it, the skies just opened up. And we were right next to the hotel. The hotel was like a little bit of a platform, so all the water under the hotel was rushing onto the sand. We were like in about half an inch of water. Oh, <laughs> and here's the thing: the bride and groom could not have been happier, and could not. Oh have had a better time they were there she rolled her dress up she was dancing there in the mud 
Everyone was happy. It was definitely memorable. It, it was memorable, <laughs> that's for sure. But I would, I mean, there's probably people that would have freaked oh, out. Oh, yeah. So things don't go as planned. The father invites, the king invites everybody to the wedding. They don't go. It doesn't go as planned. So what does he do? People that weren't invited obviously are killed. Then he says, go out and invite the people that weren't invited. Just bring them in. Just And so you're like, all right, man, you do free dinner. Let's go. And that's where the gospel can end. In fact, there's a short version yeah. that can end there, but there's a couple of extra verses that I preached about in the long version. That are a little important. That are very important. There's a man who wasn't dressed for the wedding. And he's kicked out. And you're thinking, man, this king is something else. Yeah, not just kicked out. It's bind his, hi- bind his hands and legs. and <laughs> He says... <laughs> His friend, how did, you, how did you get in here without a wedding robe? The guy's speechless. I, I made the point last night. I go, this isn't a guy who was in the A list of the first invites. Was it even in the B list? He was probably around X, Y, or Z list. And so the king says to the attendants, bind him hand and foot and throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, and but few are chosen. Before we get into that, let's talk a, lot of, a little bit about those who don't accept the invitation. So he invites everyone to the wedding banquet, but they would not come. So he sent his other slaves telling them, tell those who have invited, look, I prepared my dinner. My oxen, my fat calves have been slaughtered. I'm hungry now. And everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they made light of it. They made light of it and went away. One to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his slaves, mistreated them, and killed them. Then the king was enraged. Then his troops destroyed those murderers and burned their city. So again, the violence present in, in, in um, this week's gospel and last week's gospel. It shows Jesus is telling these parables also to show how high the stakes are for our salvation. Then he said to the slaves, the wedding was ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore into the streets and invite everyone you find to the wedding banquet. Slaves went out to the streets and gathered all who were they found, both good and bad, so the wedding hall was filled with guests. So people that initially weren't invited, now that's a, you know, he takes away the invitation from the people of Israel. You know, those are the chosen people. And the chosen people do not recognize Christ in their midst, do not recognize that the Father has sent his Son, do not recognize that they have been called to this banquet. And in fact, They murder the messengers. Not too different from what happened in last week's gospel with the landowner. And there's this great little uh, commentary that I read in Bishop Barron's Bible that said, We have heard the invitation of God to enter into intimacy with him, to make him the center of our lives, to be married to him in Christ. And often we find the most pathetic excuses not to respond. End quote. We find the most pathetic excuses not to respond. Christ, and you know, his father invites us to the wedding feast of the Lamb. I loved the the artwork on that you put in the bulletin cover, Hori, this this uh, this weekend because you have this big banquet, this big party, and in the middle of it is the Last Supper scene. Okay, that it was brilliant. I, I made reference to it uh, last night in, in in my homily at five thirty mass because. That's what we are entering into every time we celebrate Mass. But what happens is, you know that, you know, we all get invitations for things, and, and, and priests are notoriously bad at RSVP. I don't know how you are at RSVPing. That's what you have a wife for, I guess. No, we have to, we have to make a call immediately, because if it's not on the calendar, it doesn't exist. Then so, that's, so, that's fair enough. So okay. we have to say decide yes or no and send that in, and, and yeah. if it doesn't happen on the spot, that's a no. <laughs> okay, but but have you ever had like an invitation? You see my desk sometimes. I, sometimes I have things, and you see an invitation. That, and it's, I'll, get and, and, I'll get to that. I'll get to that. I'll, I'll RSVP to that, and you know, and you don't, and you just ignore it. Well, that's kind of like what happens with us yep. with the invitation to mass. That all of us see. Here's the thing. There's two different words here that I'm, that I'm thinking of. One is an invitation. To go to Mass. Christ invites us 
to his banquet. His father invites us to his son's banquet. That's an invitation. But here's the thing. It's not just an invitation. It's an obligation. How many of those invitations that you have are obligations? Mm -hmm. You know, a niece's or nephew's baptism or, or, you know, a wedding of a dear friend, you know, or something. It's an obligation. You have to go. You have to make time to show up. You know, so we were talking the other day of, of, of the people in, in our school or people, prospective parents in our school who, who ask the question when they do open houses or do tours and they ask us, does the parish require you to go to mass to be able to go to this Catholic school? And, and we're like, you know, we don't answer this way, but we'd like to answer this way. Well, the parish doesn't require yeah. it. The third commandment requires yeah. it. So, um, Oh, but I've told people that. So yeah. I've told people that straight up, it's even with, with religious ed and, and sacramental prep. And, oh, do we, is mass part of this? DM. I go, I'm not going to be mass police. I'm not going to ask you, you know, bring me proof that you went to mass because you already have a, the, your word. You already have an obligation by virtue of your baptism and your child's baptism to be going to mass on Sundays. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to police it. I'm going to expect you to be there. But you don't need to come show me proof. You it's, just need to go. It's the most important yeah. part of the preparation. <laughs> but we talked a lot last week, not on the air, but off air, with many different things that happened last week mm-hmm. about pathetic excuses. Yep. And this is Bishop Barron's words. We often find the most pathetic excuses not to respond. Yep. Because here we have God throwing for us a banquet. And the, the readings yesterday were filled with such rich imagery from the prophet Isaiah in the first reading on the mountain of the Lord of hosts, the Lord will prepare for us a marvelous banquet. Then we hear about the banquet again in the responsorial psalm. Then even in the second reading, St. Paul is talking about, you know, I, I know hunger and I know, you know, excess. You know, but even... Whether whether I have nothing or I have everything, yep. I do all things in Christ who strengthens me. So it's it's again building us up because we're strengthened by the Eucharist, and then we're presented with the imagery of the great banquet, the kingdom of heaven may compared to a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. Our Father is giving a wedding banquet for his son. The Father is the King, the Son is Christ, the Bride is us, the Church, and we don't respond. It's like okay, groom is on one knee. Or the prospective groom is on one knee asking for his bride to marry him. And the bride says, hey, let me get back to you on that. Let me check my schedule. Yep. You know what? I, I have something that day. I'm a little busy. Mm-hmm. So, again, pathetic excuses. How many times do we let those pathetic excuses get in the way of our happiness? I, I said it when we gave, and we could talk about the retreat we had for confirmation parents and sponsors on on Saturday, which was a beautiful, beautiful morning. Um, we talked a lot about obligation and we mentioned pathetic excuses that hinder people from embracing the love that God has for us. And you just mentioned, you know, he, he throws this party for us. He doesn't need it. He's God. You know, he, he doesn't need us. He could have very well spent all of his eternity just in communion with the Son and the, and the Holy Spirit, period, end of story, and we don't exist, and, and he's perfectly fine. But he loves us so much that he created us, and he created us to love him back, and he freely throws this party for us. You know, and it's for our own good. It's not for the good of God the Father. It is for our own good. You know, so it's like a doctor giving us medicine. We say, no, 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 no. I don't, I don't like the taste of that one. I'm not going to, I'm not going to take that one. I'll figure it out on my own. How does that work? Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's for us. It's for us, and we still come up with every reason to to avoid it, to not take it, you know, to run the other way because we think we know better. And I want to hit on a point you just mentioned. God does not do it for His benefit. God doesn't need it. God does it for our benefit because God is love. There, I'm going to quote heavily a little bit later from from um, from a priest. Uh, there's a priest that gives homily helps and 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 just did a beautiful reflection. I said to you yep. last night, but um, he quotes a Christian author I had never heard of before. He's Protestant, but 
you know, his name is Francis Chan. And he said something that goes to that point of how God doesn't need this. The core problem isn't the fact that, we, that we're lukewarm, half-hearted, or stagnant Christians. The crux of it all is why we are this way, and it is because we have an inaccurate view of God. We see him as a benevolent being who is satisfied when people manage to fit him into their lives in some small way. We forget that God never had an identity crisis. He knows that he's great and deserves to be the center of our lives. Now, you could say it's just a little arrogant the way that it, that it was phrased there. Okay, God is love. Okay, he hunger he hungers for us. Now, from our point of view, God does not need us. Okay, at all. Okay, God is perfection. God, because he is perfection, because he is love, is constantly giving of himself to others. He sends his only son into the world to save us. Because he is love, he's created the world, created us. And so how do we respond to that love? He does he des- not that he desires to be the center of life. It's that we need to come to the realization that he deserves to be the center of our lives. Doing anything else is folly. And it risks our salvation. And that was my question on Saturday. What was your question on Saturday? What are we doing? (laughs) I spend my, I I rarely, rarely go without a script, you know, or without like extensive notes when I, when I'm leading a, a retreat talk. And my only notes for Saturday was that question. What are we doing? And I had three three main things I wanted to touch on. And I went, walked away from the podium, and I just had, you know, I said, Lord, you're in charge here. Inspire these words, and away we went. It was, and, a, great, it was and, a great talk. And I finished at 9.58 on the, so I had two minutes to spare. So it was excellent. But the main question, what are we doing? What are we doing? <laughs> Thank you, Taylor Twelman, okay? I, I was, it was, it was a great question because I touched on that last time talking about the man that came in dressed inappropriately is that so many times we want God to accommodate to our schedule, to our needs, to our wants when it should be the other way around. And that's what this guy's all about. This guy comes in, hey man, King is throwing a party. Nope. He's killed, what did he say? He killed his oxen, it's a lot of meat, and fattened calf. I had oxen over the summer. Delicious. Nice. Okay. Two and a half pounds of it in one sitting. With somebody else, but still, it's a lot of, it's a lot of meat. <laughs> All right? Um, but an, an ox is not two and a half pounds. That's a slight yep. part of the ox. Um, so... It's good food. Like, if I was, you know, walking off the golf course and someone, hey, Father, let's go, uh, I don't know, let's go to Joe's. You know, I, I believe Joe's has a dress code. Mm-hmm. Okay. You won't let, I used to. I don't know if, I don't know I don't if, know if it's strictly enforced. I haven't enforced. been to Joe's in, in ages. Okay, poor priest here. Please don't invite me to Joe's. I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm not a big, <laughs> I, 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 I'm not a big stone crab fan. More a blue crab fan, actually. You know, people don't like, I mean, they say, oh, blue crabs. I was reading something in the Mediterranean. Boy, this is a tangent. That, that the blue crabs were were, pre- were preying on, on fish. I'm like, and they were destroying the blue crab. Like, don't destroy the blue crab. Give it to me. We'll eat it. You know, it's good stuff. Anyways, they put blue crab on top of your steak at Paris. How about oh, that? Oh, nice. Yeah, they do. Anyhow, oh, what were we talking about? <laughs> so being invited and, and, and in, dress, in dressing wrong, you know, not, not dressing appropriately, certain places have a dress code. It's like showing up to a wedding. Everybody's in tuxes, yep. and you show up in sweatpants, yep. Yep. and you stick out when you do that. Absolutely, it was it was interesting that on we were ta- on weddings. We the wedding that I had at three o'clock. God bless him. Oh, it was beautiful when when you see everybody coordinate and said it was a Wayabara wedding, you know, and everybody was had the long sleeves, nice. you know, French cuff, mm-hmm. and it, with the little black, you know, little black buttons. It was it was very very nice with a bow tie, and I, I walk in, I'm dressed in black, and I'm like, okay, I stick out like a sore thumb here. Also done that in weddings that uh, it's white dinner jacket, you know, for the gentleman. Yep. And I, then I see the groom. The groom is in a traditional uh, black tux. I go, thank God, you're, I'm not the only one dressed in black. 
but you stick out. So this man stuck out. This man stuck out, and we'll get into okay. Because you're still probably thinking, okay, this father, this seems unfair. Yep. I mean, you're you're, you're hearing that, all that this. Is the, that should be the initial reaction because it's like okay, he he in, he invi- the king invited everybody in. You know, he said, okay, the people that were invited didn't want to come. Okay, fine, they're all dead now. Yep. Okay, I burned down their city. Invite everybody else. Okay, invite everyone you find, and they gather everyone. They found both good and bad. Don't 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 uh, don't overlook that little uh, those those four little words there in um in Saint Luke's in Saint Matthew's Gospel, and the wedding hall was filled. But the king goes out and finds this man. So, Father Jim Chen, who who I, I follow on Twitter or actually whatever it's called now, Elon's thing, uh, they. He he posts you know thoughts on his homily. Sometimes I read it. You know, usually they're extensive, extensive thoughts, and it's for priests to gather like little tidbits in there. And I just blatantly copied one paragraph because it was just so brilliant. It w- it needed to be shared. Jesus adding this character to the story that was not dressed appropriately it was meant for the rest of the crowds. He's talking to the, everybody else. He's pointing out that yeah, it's bad that those who were expected to accept Jesus' invitation didn't accept that invitation. But that doesn't mean that there wasn't standards and expectations for those who did end up coming. Uh, what, there's expectations? There's standards? Do I have to go to Mass on Sunday? Exactly. <laughs> no, but, but, but now, no, now, but now this is... Do I have to go to this retreat? No, but I'm saying, but now this is for... Sorry, I'm playing around with the baseball while I'm, <laughs> while I'm talking. Um, this is already for the people that are in the room. Yep. And this is where... You know, Father hits it out of the ballpark. Because you go, hey, he invited everyone. So what happens? So too many church leaders in our day and age want to sing a song and putting up banner and saying, all are welcome, quote unquote. But Jesus is making it clear that that is not enough. His invitation doesn't mean come on your own terms. It's not come in and do whatever you like. Because so many times, you know, yes, we want to be a welcoming church. We want to be a church that doors the doors are open, and I made you know this analogy, uh, not analogy, or comparison or experience that I've had of a friend of mine who who's always telling me you know when we're talking about you know sin and we're talking about things. Well, gee, you know, full father, Jesus ate with sinners and prostitutes. I'm like, yes, he did, but but and, when he finished, okay, but, <laughs> but when they finished and encountered Jesus. They were no longer sinners and prostitutes. They were saints. You think of St. Matthew. You think of St. Mary Magdalene. You think of, my goodness, think of Peter, who he himself confessed when he met Jesus, depart from me, Lord, I am a sinner. And then at the end of the gospel, denies him three times and is absolved three times. Okay? So, yes, they were sinners, but they turned out to be saints. So, they encountered the Lord, but didn't continue living their lives as they did before. And Father continues in saying, you know, at the beginning of his mission, Jesus starts with direct words. This is the beginning of his mission, with the first words that come out of his mouth in the Gospel of St. Mark, which are, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, that the kingdom of heaven is at hand is great news. That is the hope and fulfillment of the entire Hebrew Scriptures. But too often we bypass that first word, repent. We hear it in, in Advent, which is coming up in a month and a half, and we hear it in Lent all the time. We don't hear it too much during ordinary time. Glad we're talking about it. I mentioned it last night. Repent. We like to bypass that word. We all, we all want the kingdom. We all want the party. But he said, you know, there's standards and expectations when we come into that party. What's implicit in the fulfillment of all Sorry, what's implicit in the invitation to all who are welcome is to see, Father's words, how messed up the world is, how something great is lacking in their own lives. In becoming Christians, we put on Christ, meaning that we decided to conduct our lives as he would want us to do, selflessly, sacrificially, rejecting anyone and anything that would be an obstacle to that mission. So. Yes, 
the gentleman that wasn't dressed appropriately, who was speechless, in Matthew's words, when the king approached him, it's not enough to just walk in. You, there are standards and expectations. You say, okay, all are welcome, great. But it doesn't mean come on your own terms. In other words, so many people, and I said this earlier, they want the truth to be a truth that applies to their lives or that is comfortable for them or a truth that they agree with or a truth that conforms with their lives? No. The thing is that Jesus says, I am the tr way, the truth, and the life. So truth is with a capital T. And how dare we tell Jesus who is the truth? Oh, no, no, you need to adapt to my lifestyle, not vice versa. No, no, we need to adapt to his truth. We need to repent and believe in that truth because our salvation is ultimately at stake. Yep. But the hubris that we have, Eh, it doesn't, it doesn't work for me. Eh, I made mention last night in the homily that on, on the feast of St. Francis of Assisi, you know, we have, we had a ton of people come that day. I mean, probably the biggest crowd we've had in, in the, in the five years and the fifth time that I do this since I've been here. And, you know, you have people that may not be Catholic that come, ah, oh, it's cute that they're blessing the animals. Right. I'll go over and bless my animals. That's fine. Well, again, all are welcome. Okay, we didn't say you know you have to present your ID. We didn't say it's only for Catholics, but you know, a lady approached me at the end of the blessing. Said, oh, you know, Father, uh, you know, my son and I, you know, we we go to a church that's that's kind of you know it's kind of Catholic light, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> just lost me right there. Okay, because what you're saying is that eh, there there's certain truths that I agree with and then the things that I, I don't like, you know, I'm just going to discard it. You know, this isn't a buffet. Nope. The, the, the wedding banquet, when you receive Jesus in the Eucharist, you receive all of Jesus. You receive all of his truth. And the only way to salvation is says, I am the way, the truth, and the life is to follow his way, is to follow his truth and to live his life. I think I said that a month ago on the podcast. But no, we want things our way. That's why I hate those stupid Burger King commercials. <laughs> okay? Not only because the song is annoying, but because the tagline is so heretical. My way right away. Have it your way, I believe, is the, is the, is the tagline. Yep. And so we're used to that. Yeah, no, I don't want pickles on my hamburger. I don't like, you know, meat person. I don't like pickles on my hamburger. Okay. But that's food. Yeah. This is your God. Yep. I don't want this uncomfortable truth with my religion. Mm -hmm. I don't want this uncomfortable truth with my God. And that's what Jesus is talking about. He sends that invitation out. It's there sitting, you know, or maybe it's, it, it could be. And sometimes it's very obvious how many times we take an invitation and push, put it on the fridge or put it on a bulletin board in the kitchen. Okay? And it's just sitting there and it's staring us right at the eye, but we've become so used to seeing it there that it just becomes clutter that we ignore. But that invitation is there. It's given it to us the day of our baptism. We ignore it. Yep. Come up with every pathetic excuse to yep. ignore that invitation. And then when those are the ones that are that have it, that have the invitation. Then the ones that didn't, that come in because there's extra food for everybody, they think, oh, I just, free I for get, all. I can just walk in and do whatever yep. I want. Mm -hmm. Everybody's welcome. No, there's standards and expectations when you walk in through the door. You know, you were talking on, on, on Saturday to the parents, you know, how many kids we have in catechesis and how many people we have in OCIA. And well, I actually said it correctly, OCIA. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we have 44 candidates and, and about 15 people we're probably going to baptize uh, on the Easter, at the Easter Vigil. And, and that's wonderful. And the beauty of that is, is that they have come to the point, okay, that I need to repent and believe in the gospel, that I need to turn away 
and believe in the gospel. Just last week, I was having a conversation with with a brother priest who's having a problem because he has a lot of Protestants in in his in his school, and not a lot, but you know, he has a good number. And and obviously, the desire of the little kids is they want you know who may whose parents may be Protestant, they may be Protestant, is that they want to receive communion. And parents are thinking, oh, it's no big deal. Just go and receive. And they, and they write, yeah, yeah, I don't care. Let them receive communion. I go, yeah, but that's not what that is. Mm-hmm. Go, you receive communion means that you, re, you enter into communion with the entire Catholic Church and everything the Church teaches and believes. And it's not just because for them it's a symbol. Oh, no, it's just something they do with their friends. You know, everybody, yep. everybody just come up, you know. Everybody just come up and everybody gets a cookie. It's not a cookie. What did I ask yesterday? You were there. It was a third grade kid, so that just did, did their first communion in May, and I started off because I was trying to, you know, equate, not trying because it is, equate this wedding to the to the Eucharist. You know, they just received, participated, and ate at the Eucharist for the first time this past May. And well, how did you feel? What did you What did you feel? And God bless little Sarah. You know, she was back to with her hand, you know, yeah. you, you know, timidly raised. And what did you feel? I go, you know was in communion with the king of kings. They recognized yeah. Jesus, the king of kings. I was, I was no longer hungry. I was, was, another, was no, one, <laughs> no longer hungry. I got goosebumps. Uh, and I was saying, shouldn't we all approach communion in the same fashion every time we receive the Lord and hunger for him? You know, I was saying earlier when I was reading the part about the I'm hungry now. Yeah. I'm like, I would love to go back to that <laughs> that restaurant in in Madrid that I went to and 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 uh, and have and have that meat again, okay? But we should have that hunger, that that craving, that that yep. hankering for Jesus yep. all the time, yep. and understand that 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 meal calls us to change. That meal causes us to wear a different garment. To put on Christ, as St. Paul would say. But no, we don't like it. You know, there's there's another comp- component I want to kind of tie in here before we wrap up this segment. It's not just the meal that, you know, that brings its expectation. It's one another. You know, sometimes we see something in someone else and we're like, no, that's, oh, that's not right, but you know, I don't want to hurt their feelings. I'm just going to let it slide, you know. Be who you are, blah blah blah. Live and let live. Right, you know it, and and I'm not saying it's very comfortable. I I hate doing it. You know, to to be, to have to in charity, obviously it's it's the big key here in charity to pull someone aside and say, look, this is these are the ground rules. You know, this these are the lanes, and you have to these are the lanes we have to stay within if we hope to get, you know, to first communion or to confirmation, particularly with my job, you know. These these past two weeks, we we mentioned it in passing, excuse after excuse after excuse to try to do everything possible except just come to class on Wednesday to do the bare minimum. You know, to and we we already said you know it's not enough to just show up, you know. But there is this expectation with one another that we're on this journey together, you know. And if we're gonna take our call seriously. You know, I'm, I'm not saying go around and criticize everyone else. You know, the gospel also tells us, you know, before you point the finger, you know, take the log out of your own eye. There is an expectation in community where we say, listen, you've, you're not doing this properly. You're, you're not living appropriately. I love you. you. I love you. And that's why I'm going to tell you, you know, this isn't right. Let's, let's get back on track together. Life. Dare you. And there's a there's a as scary as that may seem, and I hate again I hate doing it, but there is a freedom that comes with doing that, mm-hmm. and it's probably something you can speak more to, as a priest, you know, doing this on a constant basis in this in the in the sacrament of confession, but there is a freedom in saying, this isn't right, you know, and and I'm going to call you out on it because I love you and I'm going to help you get back on track. There there's. There's so much to impact there because, you know, it is so difficult to tell a friend, listen, this is wrong. Because you risk losing that friendship. And I've had to tell people, both friends 
and parishioners and spiritual directees. Obviously, when they're in confession, they know it's wrong. So they're already, you know, so I don't, you don't have to go that. But, and, and risk, that, you know, that what I'm saying may cost me a friendship, may cost me, you know, a relationship with a parishioner. But at the end of the day, who are we accountable to? To God. There is a sense of, of judgment in last week's reading and this week's reading. I went heavy on that on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> that ultimately that's how we will be judged. Yep. And, and, and Father Chen, he mentions, you know, the lukewarmness in some, in, in some Christians in that, yeah, yes, it's, listen, and, and both of us fallen into the trap of, 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 of seeing something wrong, and I think, it's, it's not my business, not my problem, not my monkeys, not my circus, mm-hmm. not my parish. But, you know, I had to call brother priests out. When I was a vocation director, I had to call seminarians out, you know, because we're all in this to sanctify each other, to build a more beautiful church, because Christ deserves a beautiful bride. Ooh. When we come to accept that we are his bride, that he wants to present this bride unblemished to his father, we have to participate in his salvific work and take the blemishes off our garment. And if we're wearing the white garment, wear the right one. Put on the armor of Christ. Put on the armor of truth. It will set you free. But we cannot compromise what the truth is. At the very end of my homily yesterday at 5.30, you know, this wasn't something I had planned. I was preaching, and I was preaching from the floor, and I caught sight of the Centennial brochure. And at the, at the, in the back of the brochure is our Centennial prayer that you get ask Jorge, you know, Jorge kind of, found the, the skeleton of it, and then we, we kind of adapted it to ours. But the skeletal, you know, meaning we ripped, you know, we ripped it off from another place, but <laughs> yeah, it's like, but we, we looked at different centennial prayers and, you know, and kind of from different ones, we, we kind of said, okay, this is what, what we want to, you know, and we passed it to the nuns, and, and the Spirit led us to this one. And, and, and we talked about, in terms of building our legacy, we talked about, you know, Lord, who built up the one true church, and, and we had, uh, there wasn't a vigorous debate. We had a discussion about that line. And I was like, no. You remember, I was adamant about keeping that yep. line in. Because we are the one true church of Christ. Yeah, the words in question were the one true. Was we, yeah. We, we could have just said who built up the church. Right. You know, but again, that's kind of like, you know, la, la, la. Kumbaya, right? Just the church, but we're <laughs> but the, the 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 part of that why I insisted on keeping is that we are continuing the work that Christ began and the disciples started when Christ went up to heaven. You know, when he left the disciples in charge, we're continuing that mission to build up that one true church, and because it's a one true church. Word true is capitalized in that prayer. We cannot compromise on the truth. There are standards and expectations that are required of us when we walk in. Yes, to a certain extent, yes, all are welcome. The doors are open. No one is going to stop you from walking into our church. Okay, All day long, people are walking in and out. Whether they come into prayer, they come in to admire the beauty of the church, they walk in. But if you encounter the living Christ, you know, you realize that your terms are no longer valid. Because this Christ challenges you to change. This Christ challenges you to repent. And the words that we hear on Ash Wednesday, repent and believe in the gospel, are so important. So my friends, we're invited Sometimes we ignore the invitation. Sometimes we give pathetic excuses to not show up. That invitation will be rescinded. He'll invite other people. But even when he invites other people, when he invites everybody else, there's still 
certain expectations to participate in this banquet. They shouldn't be our expectations. We should meet the Lord's expectations to come properly dressed, ready to serve, repented, forgiven, and ready to live a life of holiness, which is something that the Lord deserves because we are called to serve Him. We are called to glorify Him. And the truth shouldn't be conformed to our lives. We should conform our lives to the truth. Yes! Yes! The you! The you! The you! running back. Wow. That's your fiance's boy. Exactly. It's you a no-brainer. He's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> that guy just... No, but just... No. Get out of here. <laughs> what was that last night? What a weekend. Wait, before we get going, <gasps> before we start... We have breaking news during the podcast. What is going on at Lone Depot Park? Jorge, we don't have a GM. We don't have a GM. Kim Eng and Bruce Sherman have decided to part ways. Mutual decision to part ways, and he is shaking his head. After a playoff season. Uh, sorry, postseason season. What a disaster. I don't get it. Uh, th- no, I see this as the Red Sox job is open. I'm not, I don't have any indication you know, I I scrolled through tweets, you know, since the news broke to see what, and everybody looks like, you know, you know, he said they mutually decided part ways. She said, okay, uh, we've talked about where baseball operations going nope. in the future. Our views did not align. What does that mean, George? What's that code for? Mm, they didn't offer me enough, or that he wasn't willing to. I'm just speculating. Money, 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 yeah. money. Need that sound drop too. Yep. Um, <sighs> here mean, we go again but but it's like <laughs> i mean i know we got swept in the first round or whatever it was a wild card round but the goodwill that you just built up and and thank you to the marlins rep who continues to email me trying to get me to buy season yeah. tickets with the promise of 2023 mlb yeah. postseason i mean dude check your email man check check the message <laughs> you're sending out come on um but all right, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens here. But I I never thought in a million years we'd be talking about the Marlins this morning. No, not in this capacity. Oh wow! So yeah, breaking news while we're recording. Oh, the, so uh, Kimming is out. Um, and I and I said to somebody this morning who texted me, uh, you know, while we were we did this this news broke while we before we started recording the first segment. Uh, if you would have told me, okay, last year after every move she made imploded, you know, Soler had a terrible year. Uh, what was the other guy that had a... T- uh, Avisael Garcia. Oh, God. Don't get me started on that guy. Um, but yeah, every move she made backfired. Okay, yeah. if you, you, you do that, okay. Didn't work out, fine. But after this year, the Josh Bell move, mm-hmm. the 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 Heath, uh, the, uh, the Burger, the Jake Berger Jake move. Jake Berger, Luis Arise. Uh, Luis Arise. I mean, we're, we're, we're two teams, Minnesota and, and, yep. and Miami, were both pleased with the outcome of that yeah. trade. So... Um, I I don't get it. I I think it was a feel good story. You have a fee, first few female GM yep. leading her team into the postseason. Had a great relation with with Skip. I saw the the celebrations mm-hmm. when they clinched and and, and yep. how tight they were. Uh, I don't know, it, but at some point you have to start, you know, realizing that you're running a major league ball club and you have to yep. spend money like a major league ball club and you have yep. to have a major league GM. Acquiring major league bats and major league pitching yeah, on multi-year contracts. Read between the lines. Oh, yeah, we picked up the option for next year. Okay, that's just next year. We're, Which Laura, she's probably looking for an extension, not right. just a, a one-year option. And I don't know the contracts of her, uh, the ter- the terms of her contract. Uh, but if if it's a club option, means that it's low. And she probably wanted something. I'm not. I mean, this, yeah. this is this is just breaking as yeah. we're talking. Suppose it's it was a mutual pl- option. And uh, she she declined it. Okay. And the Red Sox job is there to be open. You, you talk money. Forget about how much you'll pay her. 
But the resources at, dispo- at her disposal, we were there three weeks ago. That place prints money. Yep. And that's an organization that since they won the World Series, I believe it was in 2018, has been terribly run with everything at their disposal. You know, New York Yankees as well. Okay. But since we're on baseball, so not to segue really fast, you know, quickly, any thoughts on Texas and Houston? He's I just, just saw the final score. You just I switched back and forth between, <laughs> you know, Texas. And the, and the highlight. What a Texas, catch. Yeah, Texas going into into Houston, winning game one, and now tonight, uh, I, I think it's, you know. Did uh, did anyone say attaboy Altuve in the clubhouse so we can uh, have another great scandal? All right, since we're on the topic, okay, the Atlanta I wish Atlanta and, and Philadelphia would have been a seven-game series because yep. that's what it deserved yep. with all the drama. Uh, Bryce Harper staring down. Um, the drama or the manufactured drama? It was manufactured, but I don't know if it was manufactured. It was manufactured by Atlanta, okay? Because then you're talking about uh, uh, the second baseman of uh, or whatever he is, of, 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 of Atlanta saying, ah, Harper, when they won game two in dramatic fashion yep. on, on a walk-off double, double play. play. From the outfield to the to first base, and Harper running into first base because he didn't tag up, and then Harper going yard twice in game in game three, and then then putting away in game four. It was it was it, it was really? it was Atta, manufactured drama. Attaboy Harper, Come we're get, we're getting all worked up over Attaboy. So who Harper. are you criticizing? The Braves or the Phillies? The the whole thing, <laughs> and the media, and they made this into the, it, it took over the series. Mm. Over was, Attaboy Harper, it's not even derogatory there's not it's attaboy harper yeah way to make a base running blunder really that's what's gonna light his fire in a postseason series i can't believe i'm saying this but in harper's defense that ball i mean didn't look like it was gone but it looked like it was, an, it was oh no be for a sure i don't i don't you, i don't blame you're trying him. to to score from first base or at least of make course. it third it's a tying run there okay the guy made a spectacular catch in center field so no i have no problem with the with the base running you but, can't you can't question Harper's you know drive to to, to play. I but mean, what that turned into over the over the most oh, no, it was, ridiculous it, it, it comment was, possible, and then the BBWA getting you know, yeah, the writers guild getting awful. in. It's like it, it it was, but it was a fun series. It was. Uh, I, you know, Phillies and Diamondbacks are tonight, and yeah, you know, I think the Phillies take that. I, it's good. I the Texas and 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 Houston. I I, I don't pay attention to Game One, but. Philly's on a roll, and that that home crowd we talked about it last week. It's yep. just, and they're feeding off of that. Speaking of feeding off home crowds, segue there. Um, you were there, as you said at the top of the podcast. Still undefeated, unbelievable. But you baked out there in the sun. Oh, you was, you were behind the Carolina bench. It was bad. So I said, you know, the the heat was bad enough, and then you for for uh, for those who remember going to Zoo Miami or Miami Metro Zoo at that time. <laughs> The little melt, the little animal molds that would, that <laughs> would. Aquarium get. also had them. That's right, the plastic animal molds. Oh, that's disgusting. You know that smell. Ugh. That's the smell of your childhood, though. It is, <laughs> it is. But I don't want to know what's in that. That we, I was getting. <laughs> so I wasn't just getting blasted with the, the ridiculous heat and the sun yesterday. I was getting blasted with that smell of melted plastic coming up off these chairs. Wow. So. Yeah. I may have um, I may have been under the influence, but of of, of, of melted, plastic melted plastic fumes plastic. yesterday. Oh man! <laughs> so I I was obviously we had the respect life brunch yesterday here at the parish, which was a wonderful success, and so we had the game on in the background as we were cleaning up. So I didn't pay much attention to the first quarter when we went down fourteen nothing. But what was the feeling in the stadium when we went down fourteen nothing? Uh, there was a little like, oh, is this really happening? There was a little nervous, uh, a little tension there. I have to say. But once we scored that first touchdown, no, it was like maybe because I wasn't paying attention that carefully to the first quarter, I was like, no big deal. Carolina will fold and we'll score fifty on these guys. We scored forty-two, yep. but uh, this offense. Somebody made the analogy. I was I was seeing on Sports Center this morning that it's like or, or whatever it was that I saw it that it's like Kansas City. A couple of years ago, when they were down twenty four three to Houston, and, and they were like, they came back in the playoffs, uh, and no lead seemed insurmountable for them because they could score so quickly. The Dolphins lead the league in, in touchdown drives under three minutes, which is crazy. When you have Raheem Mostert breaking out or a Chan who, who's still who's going to be out the next four games, 
you know, breaking out for 70, 80 yard mm-hmm. runs, that becomes easy. Or, or you hit Tyreek and stride down coming down the sideline. And we'll talk about his flip phone, his phone in a second. Still a human cheat code. It, it, he is. <laughs> but no, leans, no lead seems insurmountable. But that's the problem. Is that teams like Carolina, and, and they're not, and, and Tyreek said it last year, they are, yes, they're 0-5 or 0-6, whatever it is. They are not as bad as that record because Adam mm. Thielen is killing it in fantasy. Nope. And Bryce Young, you know, two spend time with him after a game because they're both Alabama quarterbacks, and two telling him to keep his head up, not to listen to the naysayers, continue doing his thing. They had a good running game. Um, but they averaged 4.4 yards of play. You do that every play, you keep getting first downs. Yep. So I keep saying it, and next week is a big test when you go up against Philly, who's going to be a little ticked about losing to the Jets. Mm-hmm. Uh, four point, you know, we can't do that against Philly. The defense is still a big question. Pass rush was there yesterday. Why? Jalen Phillips was back, and Christian Wilkins had himself a game. Mm-hmm. But the secondary, Eli Apple, my goodness. He had like seven, I believe, <laughs> 77 yards, you know, and catches. But we need Jalen Ramsey back. Mm-hmm. X, I'm a little worried about X because he had, uh, you know, had that groin issue at the end, you know, came out with a groin injury. But we, you know, still worried about the secondary. Pass rush is there. But the pass rush, you're going up against Philly, you have to contain Jalen Hurts. I, I saw, that was the most I saw about Philly yesterday when I saw him play against the Jets. The Jets have an extraordinary defense. And the, even they had trouble getting uh, Jalen Hurts down. So one thing, another thing about the Dolphins is why are we so bad in short yardage situation? You saw that, that, third and inches and and oh let's fake the tush push yep. and 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 toss it and back to yep. to Raheem who wasn't even expecting it yep. oh, got was like 11 on that <laughs> don't and and by the way this is not a McDaniel problem look at the game last night between the Giants and the Bills why is it so hard to come up with a yard mm. Philly has figured it out the Eagles they figured it out with the with the tush push which will be outlawed after the season What's your take on that? Uh, back go, okay, this weekend, USC played under Dame, and, and they revisited you know the Bush push where Matt Liner went across. I've, I've never talk, asked him about it, but I've heard him talk about it yep. enough on TV. Uh, that, that was one of his signature plays to beat Notre Dame. Uh, but that was an illegal move. Should have been flagged in college at the time. Yep. In the NFL... What it becoming? It's like a rugby storm. In fact, there was a game that I was watching. It may have been the Dolphin game. No, it wasn't the Dolphin. It was another game that you know that the the offense had just pushed a guy like ten yards upfield. So they'll look at that. I I don't. I mean, I don't know how I feel when if Philly beats us because if they did that, <laughs> then I'll be totally against it. See, I'm not a big fan of it. I understand that in a. The, the example you just used, you know, running back gets met at the line, and then afterwards, the, the line, the, the, you know, the backfield comes and, and starts pushing the pile. But as a, as a default but, but, play, but, but that's something totally different. I know the, the the line pushing the other line, yeah, and the running back running behind them. No, no, no. But I'm Not, saying, you know, what once that once the they're in that pile to to start pushing the pile after the play has already developed is mm-hmm. one thing, but for that to be the play, I'm not a big fan of it. Okay. No, I, I see. I see your point. I, I'm more against it than I am for it right now. I'm ambivalent because you know the, 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 the other thing is forward progress hasn't stopped. If if it's, the pile is still moving or the pile is still moving, go go at it's it. It's still but. it's very difficult to stop because you have something like Jalen Hurts. Now, obviously, they don't want Tua because of his injury right. history to do this. Because you've seen Tom Brady was a master of the the quarterback sneak right. when you just need one yard. Right. He was a master of it. We just get in between the guards and right. just go, and that's and that's how it should be. And that, okay, but you never saw but to have a running back behind them, you know, making sure that you're not going down, and I will, I will. Yeah. So we'll we'll see what happens this weekend. I may have different thoughts next Monday, but but going, you know, just think, you know, in a in a in a field goal, defending a field goal, you can't jump off a teammate's back to. to that's illegal. Elevate. Yeah. You know what's the difference? You're 
No, the the consensus from everything I've read is that the competition committee will probably outlaw it over the over the course of the the off season. Tyreek, you're talking about the cheat code that what he did with that celebration, <laughs> taking the guy's phone and doing the backflip. I don't know if I want my star running back do I mean star wide receiver doing backflips. And it's great. Yeah. Congratulations, you could and do them. Cramped up at the end of the game. And he, but in that heat, <laughs> do you blame him? Nope. I mean, he went. But God bless they got him. Got flagged for taunting. Well, yeah, and he's probably going to get fined a, a lot. lot of money, you know, for for taunting. And then double down on the fine because he said, "Fine me, I don't care." <laughs> he's having fun. Um, yeah, I hope we're in having the, fun in something. the no fun league. I, I mean, in the NFL. I mean, they're, they're allowing the choreographed celebrations to happen, which is something they would not. If you would have told me 20 years ago the NFL mm-hmm. was going to allow that, I wouldn't have believed you. But at least they're allowing, you know, the little whatever yep. dance they did yesterday, the waddle. Remember the, the Titans. The, the, it was Remember the Titans, that's right. Oh. The the conga they did against against Denver. Yep. Uh, you know, it's fun. You know, when it's your team doing it, yep. of course. Okay. Uh, the Jets beating the Eagles. Yeah. Just like getting coming. a little too cocky there from my hat. You know, I just, I was, did you see Aaron Rodgers walking around without crutches, throwing a football already? That's impressive. I don't know what they did, but yeah. If he does come back this season, I want to know what's going on there. Uh, Buster only said when Tom, when um, Sandy Alcantara went to the Tommy John, if it, well, it was Tommy, no, it was Tommy Arnold actually said it. Um, that if anybody comes to a, comes up with an alternative and faster alternative to Tommy John, that person would not have to work the rest of their life. Right. So we got alternative to Tommy John, and and, alternative to Achilles, and silent and leaf silent leaf blowers. We're we're we're, we're 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 giving ideas for million dollar ideas out there. Okay, but if he comes back this season, an Achilles injury, oof. I mean, God bless that doctor. Yep. But the Jets are getting a little too cocky. Robert Sala, great coach. Said, you know, we've been playing tough teams and yeah, we're making a gauntlet of QBs. That gauntlet, and we embarrassed all of them. Well, probably one of the worst, not the worst. Mac Jones is pretty bad. I haven't, but and Mac Jones beat you, okay. And Dak Prescott, who's played really poorly no. against really good defenses, made you look bad. So shut up, yeah. okay. It's the Jets. I the. Thank you for the blood is boiling. Yeah, thank you for <laughs> uh, defeating the last undefeated team. We were going to take care of that next week, but that's okay. But we don't have to worry about that. Uh, we thank you for that. Thank you for your service, but go away. Just, I really wanted the Bills to lose yesterday because it would have put the Jets in second place <laughs> in the div- in the division because they had beaten the Bills head to head. What is up with the Bills? Should have lost that game. Yeah. Father Andrew was. Like, God bless Father Andrew. He was like resigned. He he wants to tank to get a good top draft pick, and uh, he was kind of ambivalent during the game, <laughs> you know. But the Bills just played poorly; just couldn't do anything right. And and, and the the Giants were playing Tyrod Taylor, who Father Andrew was saying this is a better option than Daniel Jones. He can move around. Mm-hmm. But the play calling at the end of the first half, and there were two. I mean, the first one was called pass interference, but the second was. Probably more blatant. Guy was shirt was being tugged. Oh well, and wasn't called. And then the Niners losing to the Browns. I don't get that one. Obviously, the Niners lost on a missed forty-one yard field goal. But wow! So How's you ha- pick them. Pick them is we're doing well. You but the thing is that we we canceled each other. We both went on lim- out on limbs. I had Houston <coughs> beating the Saints. You had Washington, Washington. beating the Fa- yep. Falcons, which no one saw coming. Falcons. The Falcon fans are done with their quarterback. Um, and you go around the league, and it's like. You know, week to week, you don't know what's gonna go, what's what's gonna happen. Who's gonna show up? It was it was just a weird. It's one of those weird October Sundays, which the Dolphins could have fallen into that trap. Yep, losing to an under uh, uh, team that hasn't won a game, but they didn't. Yeah, pick them was uh, was pretty boring this week. Everybody kind of picked the same yeah. teams. It was it was it was pretty <laughs> boring. But tonight, Chargers and Cowboys. That's that that's a toss up. That's a toss up. That that one we'll see uh, what happens there. It, so. Uh, you want to talk about Saturday night? Not particularly. Really? Oh, um, man. My question to turnovers, you. Turnovers, 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 no, turnovers. My turnovers. question is you is what's the issue? Is it coaching or is it talent? I think it's, uh, I think it's still bad attitudes. My cut, my, one of my cousins texted me and said, 
Georgia Tech beat us twice. Because I think it's bad attitudes. You know, you know, as uh, as UNC started picking up the pace, Drake May was snapping the ball with the half the defense still looking at the sideline. You know, or because they were dancing after the play, they they weren't able to get to their spot in time. That's coaching. Because somebody said, "Oh no, our talent doesn't match up with UNC." I go, nah, "I think it does. It does. Yeah, we were leading at halftime, yep. and and Tyler Van Dyke, man." What a war! He he took that uh, that that touchdown pass at the end of the second quarter. He took a shot yeah. in that touchdown pass, and they didn't stop. The thing is, the defense didn't stop Carolina. Yep. So this game on Saturday, it's a big game for us and a big game for Clemson. Mm-hmm. But I think we have more to prove than Clemson. Clemson has a couple of national championships and a ton of AC championships. Yep. In their trophy case, we have no ACC championships, and our national championship trophies are collecting dust. Yep. So, uh, this is a big game at home yep. at night on Saturday, and we have to show up. And they they showed up on they showed up in the in first, the first half. half, and and kind of in the third in the fourth quarter, but in the yep. third quarter, it was like, come on. So I, th- I, I don't think it's a talent issue. No, Taz, no, I, no. Listen, I, it's a it, there's a there's a major attitude issue because we keep we are our worst enemy. But it's been like that for twenty years. I know, and that's an attitude issue. Just because just because you roll up wearing the U on your helmet doesn't mean that the game's yours. Like you still got to go and and play the game. You know, quit dancing, win something. You know, for for as much as Prime gets critiqued for the, it's the same exact thing. Quit dancing. Oh. Quit dancing. Quit talking. Quit yapping. Do something first. But we beat AM. Oh, yeah. And that, how's that looking now? They have three losses. <laughs> they should have gone into New England and beaten Tennessee this weekend, but they didn't. Uh, so, but, uh, but it, yeah, talent wise, look, if we don't fumble that first touchdown, it's a different game. Yeah. That late, that pick deep in our in our own zone, mm-hmm. where, and he's just, he's got to stop staring down X. I, I could see where he was throwing that ball. Everyone saw who was throwing that ball. So, uh, and that's the difference right there. That's the game. The thing is that talent used to overcome the bad attitude and overcome the penalties. Talent used to do that, but there's okay. just too much talent everywhere now. That's a problem. Yeah, the parity in the game is it's crazy. When you when Alabama only has one loss, but it has, could have easily stared down yep. two losses. You know, when the Alabamas were in Georgia hasn't played anybody, and yep. Michigan hasn't played anybody. Okay, they're untested. Nope. Okay. Uh, yeah, college football, a lot of parity in there. So we'll see what happens. Uh, really quickly, Panthers off to a slow start, start of the season on Thursday. Haven't, you know, didn't score a goal the first game and scored four, but nope. gave up six to Winnipeg. Those pesky well, Jets, I tell you. Almost tied it last minute and then gave up an empty netter eh. off the rebound. What are you going to do? I think Kachuk hit the, hit the pipe on that one. It had but, you know, we, I, do we have a game before? I know our home opener is Thursday. I don't know if we have a game before Thursday. But, uh, but yeah, it's nice to have the Panthers. Pre, uh, he preseason's warming up. Hero had, a, had himself a game last night in a win against, uh, I think it was Vancouver. Uh, and, obviously, we're all watching the WNBA Finals. I mean, I know you were oh, totally. glued to that at 3 Absolutely. o'clock yesterday while you were at the stadium. Uh, I would like Every to— Every second of it. Okay, it would be <laughs> nice because I really do like, you know— Sabrina Nescu plays for 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 the Liberty, and you know yesterday women's basketball it, it is growing because they had they packed the, the Iowa Stadium yeah, you know for Caitlin Clark who this is how big this girl is she was just signed by State Farm to do the you know Jake from State Farm with Chris Paul and with uh, Patrick Mahomes so big deal over there in Iowa so it is becoming big but my God do not schedule it against NFL football put it during the week you know. There's nothing going on tomorrow night other than probably some bad conference USA or Mac football. Okay. By the way, can we, speaking of conference USA, can we retire alternate uniforms in this city? Because oh. I mean, they were nice, the uniforms FIU had, but they got creamed by UTEP. Yep. So so that's a. Uh, weren't expecting WNBA finals talk this morning, were you? And then pickleball. No, wait. <laughs> I have something for pickleball. <laughs> As I, Father Manny has this annoying habit that before he turns off his TV, he switches to ESPN because, you know, that's the channel that mostly turn on. 
And when I turn on the channel, I want to boom it up because Xfinity takes forever to switch a channel. So when I was turning the TV off to go to mass last night at 5.30, I switched to ESPN and guess what was on TV? Pickleball. Pickleball. <laughs> Against there NFL football. There it is. So there's your pickleball. <laughs> there's your pickleball <laughs> reference. Uh, anyhow, uh, yeah, let's yeah. get out of here. Uh, Lots. There was so we we could. There's so much going on in sports in October that we could just spend hours on this. But but uh, it's it's fun. The Dolphins make are making everything fun. But we gotta Thankfully. win on Sunday. Thankfully, we gotta win on Sunday. We we've, we've played garbage teams. A combined eight wins between all the teams we've beaten. All right, let's beat Philadelphia on national TV and make it look fun against a good team that went to the Super Bowl last year. To uh. Against a guy, yep. he's he, a guy who he stole his the job from yep. in Alabama. Came off the sidelines of the national championship when Jalen Hurts was having a bad game through the touchdown pass to Devontae Smith. That's what's at stake on Sunday. National respect. Let's do it, boys. All right. Remember, you're invited to the banquet. Be properly dressed and go on Christ's terms, not your own terms. May Almighty God bless you. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.